Hey guys, welcome to The Balancing Act, where the search for your financial zen begins. I'm Christy Hayes, and learning to balance the multitude of financial aspects in your life can be complicated, and I want to help. So let's get started, because it's time to get real. When people think about retirement or saving for retirement, generally they think about investing, when in reality, it is so much more than that. It really is a summation of every part of our life. It deals a lot with our values, habits, how we spend our money, how we spend our time, the people who depend on us. Because this process includes so many complex aspects of our life, it can feel overwhelming to tackle these types of decisions, leading to procrastination. The hard truth is, whether we want to or not, we have to become engaged in the process. The topic I want to talk about today is called the lifestyle creep. This topic goes back to the building block of retirement being a summation of our habits that we formed over a lifetime. The lifestyle creep is essentially the concept that when you start to make more, you start to spend more. An easy way to think about this is to imagine your 20-year-old self sitting in a college dorm or your first apartment eating ramen noodles and living off of instant coffee for fuel. That's fine. Your basic needs are being met. You didn't have a lot of money and you didn't need a lot of money. The lifestyle creep happens when you get your first job or you get that first bonus. And instead of thinking about how you can save more money, you change your lifestyle or your habits and you become more accustomed to having more things and spending more than you do on saving more. That kind of problem can compound and your lifestyle can erode your wealth building potential for the future and set you back on your retirement planning goals. I'm sitting here today with Terry Pierce, a former professional athlete, and he's going to give you guys an insight on some examples of how the lifestyle creep can creep up on you. Thank you so much, Christy. One of the things I always think about when we start talking about lifestyle creep is, you know, my first years in the NFL, right? And if you think about, you know, the comment you made earlier about eating ramen noodles and all those things that go on in the college dorm, and all of a sudden you have a million-dollar signing bonus, and you're looking at trying to be like the folks that you've been watching on TV, and you're trying to get to that same level of status, One of the things that helped me throughout my career uh, and helped me when I first got to the NFL was a budget, right? As a matter of fact, budgeting could be the best possible defense against um, lifestyle creep when you really think about it. Uh, The budget really allows you to build up that that emergency fund. It allows for you to build past that emergency fund if you choose, right? But the thing about the lifestyle creep is very important. You need to understand, we all need to understand that if we get to a point of building up the emergency fund, the lifestyle creep can then get us again because we can now start feeling like we now have money that we don't have to save. Yeah. So it's a constant thing that you have to continue to worry about as mm-hmm. you earn more. And, of course, as you know, Christy, the older you get, generally speaking, the more money you make and the more critical it is that you save it. Yeah. So just one of those things that I think, whether it's about the house that you live in, whether it's about the car that you drive, a lot of the times we can make changes for things that we just don't need. And and when I think about lifestyle creep, I always think about what is the lifestyle, right? Is the lifestyle based upon the amount of money that I have or is it based on the experiences that I have? And a lot of times I try to make sure and have conversations with folks. And as I started when I, was, uh, when I first came out of the NFL, we started a practice around financial advising for professional athletes. And when we went through that, what we found out is a lot of these young kids just don't understand the time value of money. They don't understand that the first dollar they saved is going to earn the most and yeah. earn a lot more than the last dollar that they saved. Absolutely. And so I did a really good job, I thought anyway, of teaching folks about the time value of money. 
I remember my my first finance class, finance 101 class. I remember the the calculation for the time value of money and how quickly it changed my life when you realize that when you're starting to use that particular calculation, compounding is the most important, right? And the longer you have it, the more you can compound. Yeah, and absolutely. My mom had to kind of beat me in that direction whenever I first started my job. She wanted me to contribute to my 401k. Mm-hmm. And I was fresh out of college and I, I had the, you can't touch it till you're 59 and a what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why, why would I put any money in there? Like, I've got bills now. I've got stuff I'm paying for now. I got to save for my emergency right. fund. And she, you know, drug me through it and, yeah. and went through and did math for me and showed me this. And thank God she did. Yes. And a lot of people may not have that. You know, that person that advises them on how that first dollar really does make more than that last dollar that you save. That's right. And having witnessed the compounding effect of contributing to my 401k and stuff like that, it's very eye-opening that if you start early, you can make a big difference on your wealth-building potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if you think about it, there's it's a generational issue too, right? right? We have a baby boomer generation that was taught to save. They were taught by parents of the Great Depression. And so they have that built in. And for whatever reason, that wasn't necessarily brought down to all the rest of us. It was a lot different than it was in your case with most people your age. It's very difficult for for them to really think about themselves at 59 and a half. Oh, you're thinking about the long term, too. You're thinking about the here and now. And the, I want that... Like we went through in the last previous episode, I want that monthly subscription. I want that new purse. I want that nice car. All my friends have that stuff. That's Why right. can't I? And these businesses have capitalized on lifestyle creep, the whole concept, right? Trunk club, if you think about it, right? If I really needed a new pair of jeans and a new pair of boots and a new jacket and a new tie or whatever it was every single month, I would have been doing that already. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I, I think that it also when it goes back to that generation of people who have grown up with saving because they didn't have a lot. And they were really, really grateful whenever they got opportunities. And they were really grateful whenever they had money to spend. Mm -hmm. And they understood the value of it because they didn't grow up with it. That's right. And me having grown up in, you know, a middle class family, it wasn't like money was scarce. It wasn't like I understood that we were on a budget. You know what I mean? The lifestyle creep crept up on me while I was still a kid. I was, my spending habits were not great. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't that kid in the college dorm eating ramen noodles. Right. I had Jimmy John's delivered to my door. Right. I didn't have to go far or leave my house at all to spend money. That's right. And my monthly subscriptions, I had several of them. I mean, if you start to add it all up, lifestyle creep probably starts working on the younger generation a lot sooner than it does the older generation. Yep. As a matter of fact, I think the, the gateway to lifestyle creep for the younger generation is technology. Right. Who in their right mind thought that a kid would be walking around with a thousand dollar PC in their hand? Yeah, absolutely. And now it's common. And we need it. Yeah. Every single one of us, ages 10 and up. That's right. Now we need an iPhone. You got to have it. Because all of our friends have them. That's right. Absolutely. And so it, it just it just starts to compound from there. And, you know, reining it in and taking control of your finances is, I think, the best way to combat the lifestyle creep. Like you said, having that budget, understanding where you're spending your money. And you mentioned something earlier about, you know, you can plan for your wants. Yes. You have to plan for the needs. Yes. But you you can take time and if you want some nice things, 
You can plan for those things. That's it's not right. like you have to just live without forever. That's right. I got to live on the bare minimum, even though I'm making a lot of money. All I've got to do is just save, 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 and I'm not going to enjoy my life. I'm not going to go on those vacations. You don't have to do that. You can plan for your wants. Yeah, and, and it goes back to what you said a little bit earlier, too. You can now be happy about the fact that you got it, right? Yeah, if I plan for it, now I take full ownership in the fact that I have it. Which you can makes appreciate it, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the way I think about it. I think, I think we're thinking along the same, uh, the same page. Yeah, and I've experienced people in my life who they got a lot and they didn't appreciate it. That's and right. you see that that does them a disservice. It does. It, it erodes their ability to be happy. Another item I want to point out is once you've accumulated some reoccurring income and you've, you've made it, you've gotten those bonuses and stuff, and you've started to let the lifestyle creep creep up on you, something a lot of people don't think about because it's never going to happen to me is what if I lose my job? What if my, I get hurt for an NFL player? Mm-hmm. You are only as good as, you know, if you get out there on the field and you play. That's right. So the chances of you getting hurt are really high. And if you've bought that million-dollar house and you have drive that Ferrari, you know, that's really common stuff that, that, that happens to people every day. And once you lose that ability to make that kind of income, yep. you can find yourself in a real hole if you haven't been diligent with saving. Christy, I think you're touching on something here. I think what we're really saying here is there, there are different levels of lifestyle creep. Right. So if you think about it, there's that one item that I bought, but there's also those long term commitments that I make. Right. So in the in the example of the Ferrari in the house. So in the Ferrari, we're talking five, six, seven year commitment for making payments in the house. We're talking 30. Yeah. You know, and so when you think about that, do you have the funds to make those payments, those those 30 years of payments? If you don't have the funds to make those 30 years of payments, Probably not a good commitment. Just to bring it back for a minute to our listeners, I really want to stress the idea of living below your means during good times. I had a friend who this happened to them. They had nice house, nice cars, great kids. Everything was going right. And he got laid off. And they almost lost their house. This, this was really hard times for them. And he's really used to getting a bonus. And so once they would run up their credit cards, and once he got the bonus, they'd, they'd pay that off. So once you stop getting that income, you stop getting those bonuses, and what if you get laid off before you get that bonus, and you've run up all that debt already? That's right. So to bring it all full picture, I think having a budget and living below your means to, can negate a lot of financial stress in your life. It can lead to healthier relationships. Right. There's a lot of positives to having control of your finances not letting the lifestyle creep take over your money. Either you control your money or your money controls you. Absolutely. And that's a big problem that people <coughs> face today. I want to leave you guys with just another positive note that you can make a change. If you feel like the lifestyle creep has creeped up on you, you don't quite know where all your money's going, or you feel like you make impulse purchases, you see that friend who's taking that vacation on Instagram and, and why wouldn't I just do it? I'll put it on a credit card. You know... Don't be afraid to grab the reins and make a change for the better. That's it for this episode of The Balancing Act. Remember, living below your means in the good times is the best way to survive the bad times. I'm Christy Hayes, and as always, thanks for listening.
The information contained herein is provided solely for informational and educational purposes, reflects only a summary of the topics covered, and should not be construed as the provision of personalized investment advice or the making of any investment recommendation. Rather, the contents simply reflect the opinions and views of the speakers which are subject to change without notice. There is no guarantee that the views and opinions expressed herein will come to pass. Listeners should conduct their own independent investigation into the topics covered and should consult their professional, financial, legal, and tax advisors before taking action on any of the content contained in the podcast. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of amounts invested.